Hey everybody, it's the Frank and Gary show and welcome back. Boy, a lot has changed in the past week, Gary, and it seems like it's Ooh, Frank has a lot changed. My God, what a world we're living. Jeez. Anyway, carry on, Frank. I feel like I'm grounded and like I'm back to being 12 again. I'm grounded and not allowed to leave the house. And I'm, I call my mom and I'm like, but wait, I'm 55. Why can't I leave? And she's like, stay home, stay in your room, do as I say. I'm like, I thought I outgrew all this already, but here we are. Craziest time to be alive in my 55 years. It's like, it's just weird. Definitely weird. So you beautiful people at home um, want to talk to you about gut health because you may not be able to control every aspect of your health, but you can control a lot of them. And your gut is the epicenter of your body's health system, your immune system. So we don't have every piece connected yet as to, as it relates to coronavirus and all this other nonsense running around. But as a whole, if you're healthy going in, that's a leg up. If God forbid you get anything versus not being as healthy as you can and getting something. So now's probably a really good time to take out a health insurance policy on your body. That's the way I would put it. Gary is a, a health insurance policy. You know, we're going to make sure our body functions and do everything we can without going crazy, but we're going to do as much as we can kind of, if nothing else, and this blows over in a little bit, at least learn from it and say, geez, you know what? I dodged the bullet. You know, I, I want to make sure my immune system is, um, is firing on all cylinders. So one of the things you and I talked about privately was probiotics, you know, enzymes, digestive enzymes. And I've got, I've got to get back to my doctor and pick up my, this is not a shameless plug for anything. These are my ortho digest enzymes. I think I showed you these before, Gary, you know, you pop, uh, yep. what do you pop two of them a day, uh, before each meal, I should say. And uh, basically I'm feeding my stomach, all the happy stuff, my digestive system, all the intestinal flora and fauna, that it needs to function properly. And, um, you know, it's just a good thing. And it's, you know, you buy the right ones, it's a piece of cake to take them. So it's your show, Gary. What do you want to talk about as far as um, gut health and probiotics and digestive enzymes and so forth? Where do we, where do we even begin? How do we make sense? Well, of- yeah, where do we begin? Yeah, that's a good question, Frank. There's, there's um, no doubt that, you know, we've already talked about the fact that most of our immune system resides in the gut. This is where it all starts. So when you're talking about uh, taking out some health insurance, you know, this is something we do have control over. We do have control of what goes in here and that has an effect on all the different uh, aspects of our operation, of our body's functioning. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it is, you're right. It, this is a great time to really take stock and think, you know, what can I do a little bit better? Uh, what things can I change? And yeah, if you've been choosing to put the not so healthy things in, maybe it's a time to choose more healthy things. So this is, uh, this is about choice and we have that choice right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about, yeah, more about microbes and I'll dig into some specific uh, probiotic strains. I am going to have to read off a little bit because I haven't committed to memory all these rather long um, terms and there is quite a few of them. So let's just go back and, and consider that term, the microbiome. All right? So the microbiome, this, this term that's becoming more well-known, um, more widely used, and we certainly know that over recent years and continuing right now, there is a massive amount of research being done on the whole microbiome. And of course, there's a reason for that. The scientists and the people that are out there doing the right thing for our health know that there is massive influence from our gut and from the microbes that are within. Remembering we've got 10 times more of these critters in our body than, than we are. So the, the genetic material on its own from our microbiome is far greater than our own genetic material. So that's an important thing to, to try and get your head around, Frank. The genetic material from our microbiome far outweighs our genetic material. 
which is what these guys are doing and thinking is influencing us more than we are influencing us does that make sense kind of weird it's like a person inside of a person almost or an ecosystem inside and it's just weird to think about you know it's pretty amazing though like how how beautiful and wonderful is our body that it operates independently of ourselves in a life-sustaining fashion or format yeah it's this is you know this is where it is a totally symbiotic relationship where everything we do influences our microbiome and conversely everything our microbiome does influences all of our body's systems and function how we operate how we think what's going on so it's it really is this massive two-way street and this is why if we can do things regards improving what we're eating if we're not doing that particularly well this will have a wide range of ramifications usually beneficial if we improve our our food intake to more whole food more real food more diversity those sort of things right so so the 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 microbiome is yet the collective of of our microbes and collectively the microbes themselves so the microbiome is the is the big picture the microbes which includes viruses bacteria fungi parasites they're all present right so they are referred to as the microbiota so the microbiota that's the the plural living organisms that's the whole team that's the whole team yep so so and and what i just said everything influences the microbiome the way we think the way we feel the experience we have um you know all of these things our immune system of course environmental factors come into this and and this is uh, uh not only toxins which is a big thing but also allergens you know so there are all sorts of environmental things that can potentially influence the microbiome. And um, it's interesting that that the current research is, one of the areas that they uh, have difficulty is that they take samples and they try and culture it. But it's not so easy because a lot of the organisms, uh, what we refer as anaerobic, so they don't require oxygen. In fact, they love an oxygen depleted environment. So, culturing is that, something is that what that means? Anaerobic is is yeah. So, survive okay. without oxygen. They don't need oxygen. And of course, in the the closed environment in the gut, it's okay. an area where there's very little oxygen. So, they can't just sort of take these things out, put them in a petri dish, and, and get them to to grow. It's, it's not quite as easy as that. Uh, so yeah, so we've got this two-way street. We've got the the microbiome influencing all sorts of aspects, and um, this is where the diversity of that microbiome is really important. And we've talked about that a little bit earlier, Frank, or right. another, another um, show where the wider the range of our food choices the bigger diversity we have in our food choices, the bigger diversity we're going to have in our microbiota and the microbes that are in the gut. So, um, and that's Gary, you're saying that's, that's part of this health insurance policy that we're talking about. The the way I would put it in layman's terms and the way you've explained it to me is the more exposure to stuff, foods, environmental aspects, um, the more stuff you have going on inside of you, the better protected you are against anything that may be thrown your way. I mean, I'm being simplistic, but is that, is that, is that an accurate way of putting it? Yeah, I, I believe it is. Yeah, it's, if we can strengthen this area, and, and by strengthening it, I mean by yeah, spreading, spreading the load across a, a greater variety of um, uh, team members, then yes, we're going to have much better to cope with whatever changes um that come our way and, and yeah this is this has been shown time and time again not only in our body's functioning our body thrives on change in fact 
although change for a lot of us is a scary thing as far as the body goes, it likes a little bit of this and it likes a little bit of that, a little bit of stress this way or this way, just to just to keep us on our toes. You know, not overboard, but um, yeah, but just a nice a nice together. mix is what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, that's where that that diversity comes in big big time. Um, and, and the other side of, you know, when I talk about influences from our environment or things that we're doing, the thing to understand with that is, unfortunately, a lot of the toxic compounds that are part of our modern life have, in a subtle way, either an antimicrobial effect or they influence enzymes that are critical for our cell function. So... Yeah, that, that's you know this is this is another whole topic on its own perhaps. Right. So yeah, just understand that a lot of our modern toxic compounds that are part of our regular everyday diet have actually an antimicrobial aspect to them. And really, really, because yeah. well, hold on, Gary, that's that's you're saying something important there. So the stuff that we're exposed to is antagonistic to the healthy microbes that we need in our body. Am I hearing you yep. say that correctly? Yep, yep, basically. It's, it's a, yep, they have actual um, specific compounds or, or parts of a lot of, of toxic chemicals that actually kill things. Two things, they either kill, kill things or they disrupt our um, enzyme activity. So you've, you've heard of, uh, yeah, so basically a lot of formulations, and this could be anything from, from something in your shampoo, for example. So they have preservatives and other things in, in lots of personal care products that are um, enzyme disruptors. And the reason that can be such a problem is every cell in our body and the action that, that cells take is in part due to an enzyme activity. So enzymes are kind of little, you know, messenger dudes that, that say, oh, you know, we've got hormones and we've got enzymes that interact and they sort of send a little message, say, oh, you've got to do this, you guys. So if you've got a cell and around that cell, the enzymes to do a particular job are being shut down, then of course the cell's not going to know what to do. So it's, it's uh, yeah, so antimicrobial activity or enzyme disrupting, unfortunately, these are common facets of a lot of our toxic chemicals in the environment. And, and environmental exposure is internal, I imagine, what you're eating and external, what you're absorbing through your pores and your lungs. I mean, it's all internal eventually, but I, th I would imagine internal is stuff you're digesting. External would be exposure to stuff that you're involuntarily inhaling or absorbing through your skin. Is that, am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. so the, the pathways, obviously, breathing in, anything, toxic compounds in the air we're breathing, toxic compounds in the food or, or drinks that we're having, you know, chemicals that are used in town supply, um, water, for example, could be one of these things. And then you've got anything that our skin is exposed to. Remember, the skin is, is porous. The skin, yes, it protects us from a lot of stuff, but if you have apply a drop of something into the skin on your palm of your hand, it's in the blood system pretty much immediately. Right, right. And, and the scientists can show you that if you put a drop of something here, whether it's a toxic compound or a drop of essential oil or whatever it may be, the brain registers that thing through the blood in a massively fast time. So that's the reason people need to be aware of stuff they're using in the home, you know, stuff that we think is, is safe to use, but even just, you know, uh, the vapor that we breathe or the vapor that rests on our skin actually goes into the blood. So if there's a toxic chemical associated with that, it's in the blood and we have to deal with that. Um, a lot of times it's not a problem, but it's the, 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 issue in our modern day is that every day we're exposed to numerous numbers it, it, of these things they in other words it's 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 you're, you're saying that the, the one or two okay but the chronic repetitive continual 
uh, onslaught, if you will, of exposure is the, is the, is the, is the problem. That's the problem, yeah. There's, there's so many of them and they're, they're in our face, on our skin, in our bodies every day, yeah. So, and I believe those are the real reasons why we have such a poor record with a lot of the major health concerns of our modern day society. They're big players, Frank. So the, we, we talk about this protection. What is it that we need to do? And what are the, I don't know if you want to say dosages or um, recommendations or protocols or whatever. Like, what do we do? Okay, so we know we're getting exposed. We know we're getting pounded on. We know we need to be doing something. What, what, what do we do? Like, what, is there a pill? Is there supplements? Well, is there, like, what do we yeah, do? Yeah, well, the first thing is, is to have some awareness around that. And, and we're getting a little bit segued here, but that's okay. It's, it's nonetheless an important topic, I feel. Uh, well, I don't want to disrupt the flow. If, we, if you want, we yeah. can come back to that. I'm just, as I'm talking to you, you raise so many things and I'm like, oh, geez, this, that, and the other well, thing is in just, my head. Yeah, let's just hit it for a little bit longer, Frank, because it's, okay. it is important. And if we consider the, the exposure to toxic compounds, whatever they may be and wherever they come from and however we're exposed to them, internally or externally, one of the results, and it's partly because they affect our microbes, our microbiota, it has a dulling effect on our immune system's ability to do its job. The okay. presence of toxic chemicals has a direct effect on weakening our immune system. Okay, so if we are in control of so we're not in control of what the neighbor does or what's floating around in the, in, the, in the neighborhood here, of course, but we certainly are in control to a degree of what we choose to use in our home and what we choose to put on our skin or use to wash our hair or even use to, to clean the bathroom. You know, we can choose real heavy-duty toxic chemicals or we can go to the more user-friendly, um, simple products that still are effective but don't have the real negative um, uh, effects. And it doesn't take that much effort to seek out um, the better stuff for you. It's not, it's not like it's hidden under a rock and or you have to climb Mount Everest to, to find it. It's just that you have to say, all oh, right, here's the more convenient, quote unquote, um, crap that's no good for me. And now I'm going to go look for the stuff that is um, safer and more sensible for me. And, and, and you know, where, where do I do that? How do I do that? It takes a little bit of looking around, but it's not like you can't find it. You know, oh, I mean, totally. it's, it's there for you. Yeah. yeah they, you know, we, we, need, we do need to be a little bit careful because there, unfortunately, there are some uh, unscrupulous dealers out there that, that know that there's more of us <laughs> that would prefer a more uh, eco-friendly, body-friendly way of life. And so they market their products cleverly to, to us. So we do need to be a little bit aware that, and that, that there are companies that, uh, while they're marketing to us their products, their products aren't the real things. That's, that's what we refer to as greenwashing, Frank. So, but, but on the other hand, there are companies that are doing a great job providing either um, information for you to create your own stuff at home or have done the due diligence and create you know, really high-quality, non-toxic products for every part of your life. Well, can I just ask you, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but creating, creating stuff at, at home, like how hard or involved is that? Because that sounds like a lot of work, but at the same point, you're controlling what you are putting into your body. So isn't that, you know, perhaps a, 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 a sensible or viable option to at least explore? Oh, it is. I mean, you know, there's just one I'll mention here, and uh, a household product that pretty much everyone is familiar with, uh, but may or may not use it widely is apple cider vinegar or cider vinegar. Okay. Uh, apple cider vinegar, white vinegar. It can be diluted in 
many different ways to be a, an effective cleanser right throughout the home. Tabletops, toilets, windows uh, can be magic and you know, super safe to use. No negative effects at all. Yeah, it's so not toxic. It, like you could drink it. I mean, you yeah. know, although apple cider vinegar, I'm still getting used to that, Gary. I know I need to be drinking it. I know it's good for me. I get it. It's just, uh, it's just <laughs> Remember, you can put a little bit of real honey in with it if you need to, Frank. Yeah, I know. It's just, and I'll the get more there, often you do it, the, the easier it becomes because your taste buds and your whole body's recognition of those flavors changes. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. That's what my wife keeps telling me too. She goes, eventually you'll get used to it. And I'm like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. We'll get there, Gary. We're getting there. Listen, if I could give up soda and orange juice and pretzels and all this other candy bars and all the crap that I've stopped eating over the past not even a year. I have, there's a lot more scope to go. You know, I'm down from 244 pounds to 206.6 as of this morning. So that means I have 6.7 pounds to go to hit my, my personal ideal weight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can crack that. Yeah. yeah. But I digress. So the stuff, you know, is, is harmless. It's good for you. It's natural. You should use it is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the reason for that is because it will allow your microbiome to be stronger and healthier, which will make you stronger and healthier. End of story. So, yeah, let's carry on, Frank. So, the, so we've, we've talked a little bit in the past about the fact that what we put in here influences our microbiota and the microbiome. And... Uh, yeah, they, they depend on our food. Our food is their food. So we choose crap food, they're going to feel like crap and that, they're going to make us feel like crap. That's so important because our food is their food. Like you don't, you don't always think of it like that. Like you, no. you, you're doing what you want to do and you don't think about, hey, I've got all these little people inside of me that are kind of depending on me to make the right decision. And if I don't, I'm, I'm like causing myself some problems, aren't I? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. So our food is their food. Yep, really important. So if we're not feeling happy, it's probably because our microbiota is not happy and they're not happy because they've been given shit food. So That's like profound, though, Gary. Our food is their food. And I, and I, you know, if you think of, obviously it's your whole body, but like you said, you've got this entire ecosystem inside of you that's working independently for, for you on your behalf. When I, when I say independently, I mean, it's like working automatically just to support you living, to support yeah. your life. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're putting garbage into it. And I don't know, we're wondering like why we feel a certain way or why things aren't going good or why whatever. It's, yes, just, it's their home. So you just imagine, you know, that's, the, that's where they live, these guys. So you imagine if, if they had a choice, they're not going to live in the dirtiest bloody rubbish tip on the planet, are they? They're going to have something that's more pleasant, more pleasant and supplying them their needs. So you can imagine if they are having to put up with lots of crap, they're going to get pretty grumpy and they're probably going to throw it back at you. So, you know, that's the other way of looking at it. They're going to give you exactly what you give them. You give them something good, then they're going to give you good stuff back. You give them something crappy, they're going to send it right back at you. So, yeah, and who's to blame for that? You don't have anybody to blame but yourself, whether it's absolutely. benign neglect or intentional neglect. Like, you just, yeah. it's not their fault. They're only as good as what you give them, right? That's it, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, the home for the microbiota, their mm -hmm. environment, we talk about a term that we use quite a lot is the terrain. So the terrain that they live in is really important. And uh, that becomes even more important when we consider uh, what we can do to enhance the terrain. Um, and, and so 
when we move in a little bit closer to, to the gut itself, so the gut, we've got this, uh, we've got a single cell that lines the inside of the, of the gut wall. And uh, we refer to that as the epithelium. So there's quite a range of different types of epithelial cells throughout the gut uh, that they play a key role in, in looking after our microbiome. So we've got the epithelium a layer, and then we've got a, a layer of mucin, or like a, a, a mucousy layer. And they both are there for a particular reason. They're both there. We don't want you know, lots of layers of stuff that our food and nutrients has to travel through. We want it just an easy thin layer. So right. uh, the body recognizes, oh, there's a, there's a nutrient, so we'll grab that and let that through. Um, but if we had you know, multiple layers and it was really thick, then that wouldn't happen as easily. So it's just a clever part of the body's design. So we need to be able to absorb the nutrients from what we're eating. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the mucosal barrier and the epithelium look after each other and they're really important. And if they get damaged or weakened, which unfortunately is quite common, not normal, but quite common, then we're going to have a compromised ability to absorb our nutrients and well, potentially it could lead on to a whole whole range of other things. You, you just said something. There's a difference between normal and quite common. Normal is no good. Quite, com quite common doesn't mean acceptable, does it? This is it, yeah. We live in a strange time, Frank, and I could relate this to... Uh, even even if we consider a, a regular blood test as an example. Now, back in the day one, when they started taking blood samples to look at things, they didn't really know what to expect. Okay? So they would take a blood sample, right. tabulate the results and think, okay, well, this person's got this much iron and he's got this much magnesium and he's got this much whatever okay but at that stage they didn't really know what to expect and what might be normal so over time you know more and more blood samples are taken and they can see okay oh well we seem to have the average out of the you know the last hundred blood samples if we're looking at how much iron there is is seems to be around here all right okay so then we start to make the assumption over more and more blood samples that if we see an average, then that's, we think in our mind, well, that must be normal. But hang on a minute. Most people that have their blood taken have it taken for a reason. Because they're not feeling good. They're not feeling that great. Right. There's something wrong. They're unhealthy. So potentially what we have is this range of normal for a particular thing in, in our blood, for example, is normal for the sick people that the samples have been taken from. Now that potentially could be way different to what optimal is. You get me? Yeah, so common is because you're not walking up to a healthy person and say, hey, give me your blood, I wanna check you out. It's not yeah. what happens. And I remember going to a lecture some years ago where uh, there was a doctor working very closely with a group of people that, uh, that they, they lived on a commune, these people. So it was kind of a, you know, it was back in the day, not hippies, but, but people living on the land. Now, these guys were not exposed to any chemicals, ate real whole food, lived a wholesome life, you know, relatively low stress and all the rest of it. What she found in the blood samples of these people were levels of, of some of the nutrients that she'd never seen before. And of course, initially, the, the labs were alarmed. Said, oh, we've got these people, they've got these really high levels. When they really looked at the data and looked at what they had, they realized, my God, this is where we should be. This is where people can go to if they're healthy. Bizarre. Gotcha. So they're, they're like... That's that's the new baseline, or that's the that's the new normal. Is, is yeah, what they're that's saying. Yeah, that's what we can aim for. Yep, absolutely. Jeez. So yeah, so normal is one thing. Yeah, normal or common is one thing, but it might not be 
uh, optimal and certainly in, in the case of health often a lot of people experience stuff which is far from healthy and, and I often talk about this this health continuum so that you're familiar with the health continuum term Frank where down one end we've got optimal health and right. on the other we've got death yeah we don't and want to go to death so that, so we can choose to do things on a daily basis that push us closer to that death point. And we may be in a situation where today we're feeling okay, but then we eat something or drink something that's not quite right, and all of a sudden we're experiencing symptoms of, of you know, gut disturbance or, or headaches or, or pain somewhere. So it takes very little to push our body so we experience that discomfort. Now, that's not optimal health. Optimal health, you should be able to sort of come and go and do stuff day in, day out and not experience discomfort, not have bloating, not have headaches, not have pain or discomfort. So, yeah, the, even the mere presence of some sort of symptom indicates that we're sort of not in the best place on that health continuum. What can we do to push ourselves back the other direction? Right, so let's move the other way because that's just where we want to be if we want to live yeah okay yeah so let's let's talk about some probiotics um are we ready to talk about that yeah it's yeah i want to hear what you recommend we could we could go on for hours and hours but i want to i want to like give people recommendations and pick well, I'll, just, I'll just say one other thing about about the diversity there was there's a there's a thought that uh, we have a, a core number of or, or types of pathogens that we all have within our system. And that core is pretty uniform across populations. But of course, stress, toxins, diet, the things we're talking about can create the variation of, of other parts or other organisms. So there's this core right. bacteria. Um, but in fact, it's looking more like that's not really the case. Uh, the, you know, studies done of, of tribes in Africa, for example, that have a massively different diet to most of the rest of the world have an almost 100% unique microbiome, particularly when you compare that to someone from New York or, or something. So there is some commonality, but there doesn't appear to be a, a standard core um, number of species okay. and it may, may in fact be some of the sort of more yeast-like components that are, are more common. So there's, there's bacterial yeasts and yeasts that are all beneficial for our system uh, and, and yeah, some of the research suggests that that may be where the, where the common core lives. So yeah, that's just one of those interesting little points I've, I've heard in the more recent research. So, yeah, how do you choose what probiotic to use? And this is where the more recent and up-to-date research is discovering that quite specific probiotics do have um, specific roles or, or will have a, a unique benefit. We, we've sort of seen that taking probiotics is generally recognized as being a good thing for us to do, and, and that certainly is the, is the case. Um, but what sort of probiotics, how much, where should they come from, right. et cetera, et cetera, um, is the question. And, and this is where the terrain is perhaps as important as the type of probiotic. Okay, so let's talk about that because that, uh, you mentioned terrain before. Mm. So if you get a probiotic supplement from, from the local store, and you whack one of these capsules down every day. Right. That's okay. It, it you know, will have the effect of throwing extra bugs into the system. Uh, and that could help alleviate some sort of symptom or just help to sort of feed the, the whole body so that we're getting um, more, of the, more of them in the system. What's, but of course, the terrain, where they live, the food that they eat is going to determine whether those probiotics in their capsule you just threw down your throat, if they're able to impart some of their, their skills and allow some additional 
uh, bugs to, to thrive and live and, and propagate. So the terrain, the food, once again, becomes as important perhaps as the probiotic. Um, and, uh, and, and the term here is symbiotic, not symbiotic, it's S-Y-N, symbiotic. Symbiotic, oh, that's a new one on me, Gary. Yeah, so symbiotic is basically the, the combined beneficial effect of a probiotic and prebiotic. Okay. So the, the organism and its food. This is a symbiotic relationship. So the... Um, yeah, so the, the uh, a yogurt, for example, containing live cultures. So the, the milk that you're using to make the yogurt is the, is the prebiotic and the lactobacillus acidophilus or whatever is the probiotic. So this, these guys, well, this, this food is a, a symbiotic product. Okay. And that's where um, supplements these days will often be a combination of both of those components. And in some ways, I think that's perhaps a better way to have things unless we're really targeting down to a particular problem we've got and a known uh, bacterial strain that will help that. So, um, yeah, so, so we've got a symbiotic relationship between prebiotics and probiotics. The thing that people will see out there is uh, when you pick up your bottle of probiotics is this thing CFU, CFU is um, a, a count of how many bugs there might be in that capsule. This has got 10 billion organisms or it's got a, a CFU or a colony forming unit, colony forming unit. So that's the, the scientific term for the number of organisms. How okay. many microbes are in this colony of microbes in the product? Now, the, the only thing about that in some of the research that I've seen is that for someone to determine how many CFUs there are, they essentially have to go in and destroy the, the colony forming units to be able to count them. Um, so they do that and that's okay. So that the CFU count of the product you're using could in fact be quite different to what they think it is. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a part of the, the, the tricky part of this whole sort of science right. is that, yeah, it may be on target or not. Um, most companies, you know, good reputable companies are going to make sure that any claims for colony forming units is far lower than potentially what it will be. Not that there's many people out there that can sit, sit down and count how many CFUs are in your capsule. Um, uh, but yeah, they sort of, most of them come in saying on the bottle, this has got 10 billion, where in fact it might be, in fact, 20 billion. Um, yeah, so probiotics, probiotics, what's one of the problems people have, Frank? Constipation. Constipation. Yes. Okay, good old dodgy bowel movements, things that aren't moving the way they should to. And, and we've talked a little bit about stool type. So yes. That was a good podcast, by the way. That was a, that was a fun one to make. Yeah, I did a little bit more the other day on, on stool colour. We didn't really go into that the other day, but let's... I'll, so I that, should be a, that should be a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm just going to sort of use a little bit of my data here that I've got. Sorry, guys, I haven't got these committed to memory. So um, products for constipation, there are things known as... Uh, oh, quick. That's my fault. I th every time we do these calls, there's an alarm that I miss. I I'm famous for my alarms going off. That's on the hour alarm from Frank. Yep. Uh, Bacillus longum. Okay. Lactobacillus reuteri. Lacto yeah, I know that one. Uh, that one I even know. Lactobacillus yeah. acidophilus. Yes. And Lactobacillus plantarum. That one I don't know. Lactobacillus rhamnosus. And, uh, and even another one, which, and this is where I had a period a few years ago where there was a product that I used um, quite a lot because it was particularly helpful for this kind of condition, for, for constipation or for someone that had a tendency towards irritable bowel syndrome. Right. And um, 
it had a name change. Uh, and it's now referred to as bacillus coagulans. Okay. So, so these are the ones that are perhaps most appropriate for the relief of constipation. And of course, I guess we could create a sheet where we had this bit of data on it. It's, it's not 100% science. And although there's studies showing that these can and do help for you know, a high percentage of people, it's obviously not going to be a, a, a magic bullet for people if they're not doing the right thing with their diet and other things. But it is just one small aspect that will help to feed in some positivity to that microbiome so that they can start feeding back a little bit more positivity. Remembering what we said earlier is that everything we do influences the microbiome and microbiome influences everything that happens in our body. So it's part of that, that universal feedback. So those are okay. a, a few that are particularly helpful. And that one, that I, the last one that I mentioned, the bacillus coagulans, it used to be known as Saccharomyces boulardii. Saccharomyces boulardii. So it's actually, a, um, we refer to it as a gram-positive, spore-forming, lactic acid-producing probiotic. So its its ability to form spores is quite a key to its effectiveness. And this is what the research is showing. If we can use things that actually throw out matter right. that okay. then other probiotics can use as food and, and proliferate things that way, that's going to be a far stronger, more effective way of affecting change. So you'll see this term spore-forming more often as we move into the future with um, probiotic supplements, I'm sure. And that's, that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about the terrain frame. The terrain is, is like the compost, it's right. the, the, the underlying um, stuff. So if we've got different types of probiotics that can throw off their own DNA, DNA or genetic material that then can be picked up by someone else next door, and start to breed and proliferate. That's that's the key. Okay, I like this. This makes sense because we're feeding the system. And I like what you said before about our food is their food. I don't think we can stress that enough, can we, Gary? Yeah, totally. Like our food is their food. So, so action steps. What final thoughts? What is there something? You know, I do. To, to give, give me the takeaway today, this weekend. I'm like, I seen the light. I've got religion, I'm ready to work, what do I do? What are three things yep. or whatever I can do right now, okay? Okay, so, so the, the three things are, and it comes back to, it's kind of the same stuff, Frank, isn't it? Is think good thoughts, eat good food, right? and know that if you've got a happy team of bacteria aboard, remember, we're talking about 100 trillion cells here, if we can do stuff, to make even half of that team happier than they were yesterday, we're going right. to be happier within ourselves. So if they're happy, you're happy is basically the way I would put it. It is. There's, yes, we know, you know, there's this whole um, gut-brain connection that's, once again, a, a big part of, of the current research. There's a, there's a massive connection between the gut and the brain. And uh, that's all about what's happening in your colon, how well you're digesting your food, how much of the fiber that's fermenting there is producing beneficial um, short-chain fatty acids that only that, that help nourish the gut, but also feed other compounds into the brain and the nervous system. And yeah, that's, that's really big. So the, the, um, there are specific strains that seem to be better for those kinds of things, for improving that gut-brain connection, but also for helping with things like um, anxiety and, and those sort of things. So yeah, it's all about creating that, that uh, positive influence for our microbiome. And just as a layman, and I could be like, you might say, duh, Frank, of course, but are all these taken in pill form, tablet form, capsule form, or well, no, not always. I, I think that's a, I think that's a good, a, a very good question. So we know that there are ways of presenting all sorts of bacteria in our food. So look at 
uh, sauerkraut. Look at kimchi or look at uh, any of the other fermented vegetable products. Uh, yeah. Kombucha. Kefir. When you say sauerkraut, you're not saying the store-bought stuff, though, probably, are you? Well, probably not. The, the problem being, now you can get the real stuff in the store, but you'll need to be checking the label because if it's been pasteurized, okay, so they're, they're pasteurizing it and then putting it in a can, for example, then, yeah, that's not really what we are looking for. But if you can buy the product probably at a whole food store or something similar where it's unpasteurized, and that's going to have the good stuff. It's kind of like going back to the apple cider vinegar with the mother in it. Right. It's something that hasn't gone through a heat treatment process so that when you serve it up, it's still a live food. You're still and getting the stuff that you're looking for. So the good part about that is you're feeding both the microbial um, population mm -hmm. and you're adding food in at the same time. So, so that's that, that symbiotic um, formula. So yeah, this so, is if we can get these in our food on a regular basis, then that's going to be definitely my first choice. So you're getting a bonus round too, because it's like a, a, a double double duty. Yeah. Yep, so yep, even even the dog agrees, Gary. Yeah, good one, dog. Yep. So so yeah, the foods are, are definitely the first choice. Uh, there are probiotics in a powder form, Frank. Um, okay. And obviously, capsule form is the most common now. People might be wondering, well, there's stuff that they say you have to keep in the refrigerator and there's stuff that doesn't. And, and for me, if you have to keep a product like that in the refrigerator, I have a bit of a problem with that. And the reason for that is that just consider when you put a capsule in your mouth and it goes down in the system, what do we know about our body? Well, it's warm it and the temperatures, the temperature's going to change. Absolutely. Is it the same temperature as the refrigerator? Heck no. No, it's double, it's, it's you know, four, 50, you know, well, I don't know, like in, 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 we'd have our temperature on, I don't know, 40, 50 Fahrenheit and your body's, you know, 98.6. So yeah. it's close to twice as hot or, you know, certainly 40 to 60%, you know, so if that product, if you're told you have to store it in the fridge because otherwise it'll die, then it's not going to survive that journey through the gut. So the I never, the I never thought of that before, Gary. It's the likelihood the is, so if it's not something that can sit on the shelf and still be alive, um, it's probably not going to survive the temperature in within our body and through the gut. So, so there's lots of sort of information and disinformation about that. It, it, and, but that's my personal thought. You know, it's, it's the things that will destroy the, the probiotic, you've got to make sure you put the lid on properly. Yeah. Because the air and moisture in the air uh, will actually have a detrimental effect. Remembering that a lot of these guys are anaerobic. They don't like lots of air. So that's, I feel, having the lid properly on a product straight after you've taken what you need out is as important as storing it in the refrigerator, in my view. That makes sense. I'm blown away by, like, every time I talk to you, you just come up with new stuff, and I'm like, I guess that does make sense, because if, if you have to keep it cold or cool to preserve it, what happens in your body? Does it get absorbed that fast? I mean, does it instantly dissolve and spread out everywhere? Or does it, you know, warm up and then does it not know what to do or yeah. do you kill the potency or kill the uh, delivery mechanism? Yeah. Interesting so, stuff. Interesting so stuff. I, so, and, and, and sort of on the other side of that, um, there are obviously supplements that are in a powder form. And if we consider this whole symbiotic uh, formulation is mm -hmm. a product that I've been using for quite a few years, which is a whole bunch of certified, certified organic whole foods combined with a, a whole family of um, probiotics. There's like 13 different strains, 26 foods and 13 strains of, of beneficial bacteria and yeasts. Now this is a, is a product that I can add to a, a drink or into food and 
basically it's it's in a form where everything's thriving so the foods are feeding the bacteria and they're sort of have this kind of pretty cool relationship going on already okay. so when i mix it in a bit of water or juice and drink it everybody's happy and it goes down and and uh, we do the job so how's there the are, taste there are products like that first thing that comes to mind gary how's the taste <laughs> it's beautiful well it's it's kind of a green greenish brown looking um product and yeah not unlike a poop color i guess but it's food and you and for you frank i could allow you to have a little bit of apple juice a non-acidic juice and a teaspoon of this powder top it up with water and you'd love it i can probably do apple juice in that yeah. I'm thinking it's a taste like a vanilla shake from McDonald's, but this is the wrong <laughs> this is the wrong show to be mentioning that, Gary. And I don't drink vanilla shakes from McDonald's anymore. Let the record reflect. So, Gary, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but if you feel you've covered it, people know what they're doing, what they need to do. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think magic. So, Frank. There's lots magic. of research about different types of strains. There's lots of uh, data telling us that if you've got this problem or this problem, then there's probably a, a product strain that could be helpful. And um, yeah, if they need a bit of guidance, then of course check out check out your uh, local professional and, and get the right word on that. Um, yes. But it comes down to the food. The food we're eating is the food for our good guys. And there's a hundred trillion of them. So we want to keep them happy. There's a lot of them and there's only one of us. There's a lot to this, Gary. I really appreciate what you're telling. I just get lost in thought after all we're saying and doing here. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And it makes sense. And there's just, I've got so many questions for you and we're going to keep covering this. And uh, the gut is just uh, fascinating. I mean, there's, there's just so much we can ask and ask you, Gary, and talk about and learn about. And I hope you guys at home, are really getting into this because it's it's your body you only get one of them and you know like i said I've, i just got diagnosed with parkinson's disease in january and um you know is it just bad luck is it genetic you know piece of dna that went bad or is it the junk that i ate and the exercise i didn't get and the you know probiotics i didn't feed my gut and uh, you know not being paranoid but you can't prove that it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yep. So food, at the risk of being corny and passe, it's like food for thought. And I'll leave you guys at that. We're going to be back again next episode. Gary, love you to bits, babe. Audience members, thank you so much for listening. Give us your feedback. Give us your comments. Give us your thoughts. Let you know what we'd like to cover. And um, we just care about you. We want you to stay safe and stay healthy in these crazy times. And we'll be back at you again with another episode real soon. So thanks, everybody. Gary, peace Absolutely. out, my good man. Yep. Thanks, Frank. And right. uh, thanks for everyone taking the time to check in. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.